RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Today's daily Star Trek news is supported by listeners like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Hello and welcome to your daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm Alison Pitt and today is Wednesday, May 29th, 2019. On today's show, Chris Hemsworth reveals why he turned down Star Trek IV. Andrew Robinson says that Deep Space Nine fans liked the show's ambiguity. And could Star Trek's Universal Translator exist in real life? Not quite yet, but pretty close. All that plus this week in Trek history, coming up next. The next installment of the Star Trek film franchise continues to move farther out of reach. The long-awaited and mostly rumored Star Trek IV announced a director, and just as quickly the project was shelved as contract negotiations stalled between Paramount Pictures and the film's stars, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. Then the film's director, S.J. Clarkson, also left to pursue another project. Now in an interview with Variety, Chris Hemsworth, George Kirk in the Kelvin Timeline Star Trek films, has revealed that he isn't interested in going back to Star Trek either. Yet. In the years since Hemsworth first starred as Captain Kirk's ill-fated father, Hemsworth has accumulated dozens of new credits and proved himself as one of Hollywood's biggest and most bankable stars. His most recent outing, Avengers Endgame, smashed box office records around the globe. But it wasn't money that has stopped Hemsworth from returning to Star Trek. He told Variety that he wasn't sold on the script, saying, I didn't feel like we landed on a reason to revisit that yet. I didn't want to be underwhelmed by what I was going to bring to the table. He said, yet. All is not lost for Star Trek IV, however, as Quentin Tarantino said earlier this month that he plans to revisit the idea of a Star Trek movie later this summer. Since the theatrical release of the Deep Space Nine documentary What We Left Behind earlier this month, the Star Trek press has paid special attention to the stars of Deep Space Nine and their memories of their time on the show. RedshirtsAlwaysDie.com brings news of an interview between Star Trek magazine and Andrew Robinson, Garrick on Deep Space Nine. One focus of the interview was on the character of Garrick and how playing him was playing a lot of subtext. Robinson said, Much of the truth of Garrick was like a glacier. You only saw the tip of the glacier, but then underneath the tip was the very complicated truth of his life. Presenting that subtext behind a mask of affability, of friendliness, of congeniality, I think that was both the challenge and the pleasure of the character. The interview also touched on Deep Space Nine's legacy and how Robinson saw it as set apart from the other series. He said, I think the biggest difference between DS9 and the other Star Trek series is that Deep Space Nine was more nuanced and had more ambiguity. Rather than being black and white, there are more greys. I think that people who really liked Deep Space Nine are people who like ambiguity and like when characters are not either good or evil. 
Star Trek Magazine is available from Titan Magazines in either print or digital versions. And you can find out more from titanmagazines.com. The Universal Translator has been a staple of Star Trek lore since the beginning. It's just one of those technologies that constantly threatens to make the leap from screen into real life. Gizmodo brings us the story this week of the closest thing yet to a real Universal Translator, at least that I've seen. The Pocket Talk, available for the not incredibly low price of $299 on Amazon, is a purpose-built unit that beats similar app-based solutions because it does what it does without using up your phone's battery, and it comes with built-in mobile data so it works anywhere in the world. Quoting the blurb on Amazon, Designed with simplicity in mind, Pocket Talk combines the best speech-to-text, translation, and text-to-speech engines from around the world. Using Wi-Fi, mobile data, or a personal hotspot to connect to the internet, Pocket Talk is able to provide the most accurate translations possible with the push of a button. Gizmodo quotes Noriyuki Matsuda, CEO and founder of Sourcenext. The need to connect cultures and make the world feel a little smaller is stronger than ever, and that's exactly our goal with this device. While the price tag might make you feel inclined to choke on your tea Earl Grey hot, if you're in the market, the device features make it hard to turn down. Two years of all-you-can-use mobile data are included, with coverage in 128 countries and regions worldwide. In just a moment, I'll be taking you back in time to find out what happened this week in Star Trek history. But first, a word from me. I believe that Star Trek is for everyone. Now, it's easy for me to say that because I've been bringing you Star Trek news for almost four years over on my sister show, Priority One. But I really believe it. Not only do I think that every episode is someone's favorite, I think we all have something to learn from the moral examinations and sciency excitement that Star Trek brings to our big and small screens. And you can help me bring Star Trek to more people by supporting this show. Just $1 a month will help me cover my production costs so I can concentrate on bringing you more of the Star Trek news you need to know about. To find out more, please head over to patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. That's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. And a big thanks to you for supporting this show. And now, a look back into Star Trek history. Way back in 1991, on June 1st, the Star Trek The Next Generation episode The Inner Light aired. This was a real character-driven episode for Captain Jean-Luc Picard. In the episode, the Enterprise comes upon a mysterious probe, which controls and disables the captain and puts him into a coma. In the coma, he then proceeds to live an entire lifetime as Cayman, on the planet Catan, in about 20 minutes of real life. Through the course of the story, we learn that the alien probe is something of an historical record, telling the tale of the last days of the planet as its nearest star went supernova. While Picard's experience is a valuable record of life on Catan, it also affects Picard personally for the rest of his life. 
Star Trek fans may remember that this is the episode in which Picard learns to play the Resican flute, which comes back several more times in The Next Generation and in the latest teaser trailer for Star Trek Picard. Tune in again next Wednesday for more Star Trek history. Well, that's it for today's daily Star Trek news from the Roddenberry Podcast Network. For more great Star Trek podcasts, be sure to check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. This show is supported by people like you, patrons through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. If you'd like to get in touch with me, just shoot me an email at info at dailystartreknews.com or find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Daily Trek News. I'm Alison Pitt. Live long and prosper. Podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network.